the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, episode 38. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, my friends. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) This is going to air on Christmas Day. And... Since I am thinking of my future self, I'm imagining myself in my PJs with something warm in my coffee cup and kids looking very disappointed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure my, I think it's going to be similar over here, actually. Yeah, we are an all-day pajama family on Christmas Day. We do not get out of our pajamas. We just stay in them all day, and we watch movies, we nap, eat leftovers, and play Scrabble. I wish you could see my face right now because I am so jealous of that. I'm so jealous. Well, we always have to, so we have a a lovely Christmas morning and actually my mom will be spending the night Christmas Eve. She's actually going to spend two nights this year. So we will have played a lot of Scrabble by the time Christmas morning rolls around. Um, but we are, we, we have a nice kind of leisurely morning, but then it doesn't, last forever then we have to like shower and get dressed up and we go to my mother-in-law's and I don't want to say it like that (laughs) (laughs) but I just did didn't I Mm -hmm. and so we go to my mother-in-law's and um where she has a very formal Christmas uh dinner and um it is uh the the china is out and there is standing rib roast wow. and Yorkshire pudding and all of those things that I no longer eat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, my mouth is open for yours. I'm like, oh, my God, Yorkshire pudding. That's awesome. But yeah, mm-hmm. you're not eating of that. It's not as exciting. <laughs> It's yeah, to put on I underwear know. and a bra and go if you're I, not. <laughs> so staying in PJs all day just sounds so amazing to me, but that's not not going to be my reality at all. I will mm. be putting on a nice dress and dressing up my children or, you know, at least Chloe helping her find some Christmassy outfit. And yeah, so anyway, it's well, fine. It's like the obligations, but, um, we, we, you, you get to do that, right? You don't have to do that. You get to do that. Is that how we switch the thinking? <laughs> For sure. For sure. And I mean, really, I used to just chug booze mm-hmm. 
for just for the for that moment, you know, to have to I have to go, you know, eat on China and then I have to wash <laughs> the dishes and it sucks. Uh-huh. And I would just get lit yeah. if I wasn't already left over from Christmas Eve. So I would just start back up again. And I'm sure I was, you know, very pleasant. <laughs> I'm sure you were funny. I'm sure you were chatty. I'm sure you put on a good brave face. But yeah, I get it. I would Kinda, start drinking right away in the morning. Yeah, that bitchy. Be... I was bit- just <laughs> bitchy. bitchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not but go ahead. Not anymore, you're not. <laughs> No, you're going to show up looking all shiny and bright and wearing something awesome, I'm sure. You posted something a couple, I don't know, days, weeks, all it's all blurry. Last weekend, I guess, um, that you had like the notion of making an outfit to go to a party. I know. And then and I, I ended like, up not oh, going to the party. I, I know, but I get <laughs> I do that a lot. That's a good idea, though. Maybe I'll finish up the the jumpsuit that I was going to make. I do that a lot, though. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the gifts of being a seamstress. Yeah. You can be like Cinderella and whip, whip yourself up a dress before yeah. you go to the party. That might make it more fun for you. Right? You're right. Yeah. You're right. I like that. You well, are right. I am... Um, Last year, I'm pretty proud of this, so I'd like to share it with you and our listeners. Um, last year was the first year I beat my husband in Scrabble in 19 years. Um, wow. Yeah. I'm really proud of that. Um, I you was should be. Clear and present. <laughs> and um, he still has not admitted that I beat him, even though the score sheet says it. My son came in second and my husband came in last. And, um, wow. Yeah. I was really proud because we keep all our old score sheets and think obviously not from 19 years, but we keep them from the years prior. Um, and, uh, he, he, um, is not the best loser, I have to say. Hmm. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, keeping my title this year. <laughs> so that'll be happening later tonight in the future. And, uh, I'm hoping to be victorious again. So, and I'm like a really obnoxious winner too, by the way. Like, I make a really big deal. <laughs> I can't see that at all. With Scrabble? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. You. Yeah, I can see I don't do that. any of the grace over drama when I'm winning. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. It's all drama. It's all for effect. It's all just, uh, I think I'm really funny, but losers don't really feel that way when they're losing. They don't think I'm cute or smart or funny or anything at that time. So that's yeah, what's I'm happening thinking- here. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, I have a lot of emotions tied up into in the Scrabble as well. So I don't even know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm a really pompous winner. I'm an incredibly pouty loser. And Mm -hmm. but it's really just what in Scrabble, everything else. It's almost like you kind of have it's like part of the game, right? I mean, all the (laughs) trash talking, the words, you know, debating whether what's a word. And I'm like the dictionary keeper. And my husband's like, QI is not a word. You know, why do you keep using that? I'm like, because I can't. It is. It's in the dictionary. It's in the Scrabble dictionary. (laughs) It's very important (laughs) for points. I think I had used, uh, oh gosh, I wish I could remember the word. Um, It's a hat. Uh, A a fez. Fez. And I used fez one year and um, that was hotly debated. Hotly debated word. So, Fez. 
Yeah. yeah, if it's in Scrabble Dictionary, I don't know. Yeah. My my best word this year was taint. I was very proud of that word. <laughs> I, I even like got that. a giggle out I of my like that. <laughs> got a giggle out of my seventy year old mother. So that was really that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. Um, so that's how we're going to have some fun today. And it's just way different than how I used to do it. And I'm so happy to wake up without a hangover. And I know we talked about this in the holidays episode about our Christmases where Santa would be drinking until four in the morning and passing out. Um, that's not going to happen. And that's so awesome to know that even if, you know, the season has been getting me down or I've been having a hard time this month, um, that I know that I'm going to have a nice day because I'll decide it you know I'll, I'll make that I'll make that happen yeah or hungover yeah exactly and if anybody gets to n- needs to listen to some girlfriends chatting on Christmas day I hope that you get a, if you have to sneak into the bathroom <laughs> closet right. or the garage or right because well, we know we can be sneaky on Christmas Day. Now you'll just be channeling, you know, your good sneaky self and listening to the podcast and listening to three ladies chat it up. Right. Yeah. Because that's what this interview uh, reminded me of. It just felt like a good little, a good little girlfriend chat for uh, perfect for Christmas Day. Yeah. Well, we should. Yeah. Why don't you introduce? Um, yeah. So today, today we. Uh, talk to Lori Massicott and I know a lot of our listeners know Lori on Instagram by her handle there 250 and beyond so 250 and beyond if you know that then you know Lori Um, she's been a virtual well coach since 2015 she guides women and helps them build their strength on the inside through an intentional practice in order to transform physically on the outside and girl she's looking good (laughs) um 250 and beyond was created because she needed to change her life as she was going through the change of life um she placed a goal on herself to better her health by the time she reached 50 and made a promise to keep it going way beyond. I know. She's so cute with all of her posts and her energy, and she's got this new website, and just it's amazing. Um, But she proudly accomplished her goal, and she works towards bettering herself with her mind, body, and spirit every single day. Um, Her downfalls have now become her strengths, and it is because of this that she coaches. She has a fire inside of her to show women how possible it is to reinvent their mind and body at any age and start living their never-before-seen life. This conversation was so awesome. And we talk about midlife. We talk about getting older. She talks about like how she stopped drinking and, and what that looked like. And I, what I remember from the conversation, too, is that she didn't have a lot of community early on when she decided to quit drinking. Mm-hmm. And she has found that, I think, I don't know, maybe three years after. And she's just fostered it and created her own world. And she makes me really happy when I watch her Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Like, oh, she's it's just it's infectious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And her website, her new website is www.lori.com 
Massicot, M-A-S-S-I-C-O-T.com. If you want to go look at her uh, offerings as far as coaching and those kind of things, she's got a lot to offer there. Yeah. And she, and she, we'll get into it in the interview, but she designed and built that site and it looks beautiful. Absolutely incredible what she did. And her Instagram, just so um, our listeners know too, um, the 250, it's T-O and then the number five zero. Yes. And beyond. So 250 and beyond. And that's where she's at. So I hope you guys enjoy our chat and have a really awesome, lovely Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas, everyone. And we're going to, uh, just to kind of before we segue here, sorry, we are going to be talking about um, our evolutions and our words for the year in our January 1st podcast. So we wanted to invite you guys to think about your words for the year. Do you guys do that or not? Or Sandra, how long have you been doing it? A long time or? Not forever. Maybe maybe this will be my fourth year. Maybe I think just since sobriety, actually, to oh, be honest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you guys want to think about, we have a week until that episode. We'd love for you guys to give some feedback on our secret Facebook page. So we'll be talking about our words for the year on January 1st. But if you guys want to kind of foster and create a conversation around that in our secret Facebook page, please do so. Um, And if you want to join our secret Facebook page, you just need to send us a message on Facebook, Tammy Salas or um, Sandra Talbert Talbert Primo, Primo. And we will add you to that group. And I think that's it. Oh, I'm so I just want to say thanks to our listeners this year. Yes. Thank you, guys. This has just been one of those things that I don't know. I'm sure we'll talk about it more on our January 1st episode. But it's just been just beyond my my wildest dreams. I love our unruffled community so much. Yeah, same, same. I feel like we're ending it on a really high note. And um, again, it's just the season has been not um you know, all sparkles and whistles and rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> and the thing that has been the bright light for me has been just other um, women in recovery and that they're um, on this path with us, listening, sharing, and being part of our community. And that's just been a really huge gift to me this year. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We hope you enjoy Lori. Enjoy Lori. Hey, Lori. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, girls. Where are you at, Lori? Are you down in Southern? Yeah, I'm in California. Southern California. I live in a city called Canyon Lake. It's a small little community. And I'm originally from Long Beach, California. That's where I lived most of my life. So I've, I've always lived in SoCal. Oh, I'm from Southern California, too. Are you? Yeah, where? yeah. I grew up in... Um... This will be fascinating for our listeners all over the country where I lived. <laughs> um, I lived in Altaloma, which is a little suburb over by Upland, oh, yeah. Ontario, the base of Mount Baldy. Yep. Yeah, I grew I up there my, my whole life. And my husband grew up in Upland. And uh, then we moved up to Northern California. So, but where, so, but Canyon Lake, where is that near? So, in reference, probably the, if you've heard of Temecula before. Oh, yeah. Um, and we're about an hour and a half from San Diego. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I've got a frame of reference for you. Yeah. Oh, good. It's nice. I've been to San Diego once. Have you? <laughs> yes. There. <laughs> there. There's my input. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you got? California. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go down there. I'm going down there to see my father-in-law. He lives down in... I should know this. I'm drawing a complete bank in a little sever- uh, blank. 
a, a suburb of uh, San Diego. So maybe I'll get in touch with you, Lori, when I come down. Oh, please do. Yeah. Please do. That would be so nice. Yeah, be oh, yeah, it's not a car drive and it's so pretty. Yes, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. Um, so I was introduced to you through Instagram. I think we started following each other on Instagram. Um, and I just, I love your kind of personality and you're just, you're positive and I just, you, you just make me smile. And so we wanted to get to know you better. And I was just hoping that maybe you could take our listeners, you know, kind of tell them a little bit of your story. You, I, I, um, had you as a ray of light in my interview series this year. So I know, I know a little bit more about you, but I wanted to know if you could help our listeners know like why you came to quit drinking or maybe what the end of your drinking looked like. And at what age you decided to quit drinking and, you know, yes. oh, share yes, a little bit definitely. of that. Yeah. Thank you girls for having me on. I just think this is absolutely the best thing in the world. And, uh, you guys bringing just a, a light to this, um, sobriety and, and the midlife solution. I absolutely love that. Um, I've been on Instagram now since 2015 and really I quit drinking August 11th, 2013. So I didn't have any type of social media support <laughs> in that <laughs> first two years and what a difference it makes. So, um, just a little bit about me. I really started drinking when I was about 14 or 15. And when I first started drinking, I realized that it was like going to be my ticket out of my shyness and my social anxiety. And I just felt like a different person. I felt brave. I felt, you know, everything that I, I thought that I wasn't. Um, and I drank, I mean, really, I took a break when I was pregnant, thank goodness. And when I was, you know, 33, and I drank right up until I was 45. And that's when I decided to quit. And um, I was just listening to your last podcast about divine intervention and how, you know, that plays such a role. And, and that's all I can say is the night that I, I decided I was going to quit drinking was just that. It was like I was by myself. Um, it was very rare. My husband and son were camping that weekend. And how I drank, I drank by my, or I drank at home, mostly towards the end, watching TV, just numbing out. And I was about to open my second bottle of Chardonnay. And it was just like an emotional, just something hit me. And I really was just very emotional. And I thought it was just God saying, you've had enough. It was just like, you've had enough, <laughs> not just tonight, but for the rest of your life. Like you just can't. And I just stood there at the sink and I poured it out because I thought if I didn't, I would drink it. Hmm. And that wow, was, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, like you have yeah. an out of body experience. It and, really was. It really know? was. And yeah. I, I really didn't even realize it was God. I, I can't say that my relationship with God at the time was as strong as it is now. And I work on that every day. So I didn't, I didn't connect it. You know, I was just a mess. I was just a, a mess. And I thought, um, Prior to that, maybe maybe two years, maybe a year, I was questioning it. I was just like, this is becoming a really bad habit. I'm just drinking because it's what I've always done. And the hangovers were lasting three days. And I felt like I was wasting so much time. And I really just started to realize, you know, what's my end game here? When am I going to quit? Am I going to be in my 70s and drinking like this? Am I, you know, I just kept thinking of that. 
So I was questioning it, but there was not on that day, August 11th, uh, 2013, there was no plan. It was just that. It just happened in an instant, really. Wow. That's so powerful, Lori. Yeah. You know, and, really that, and that you listen to that because how many times have we talked to ourselves in our heads, you know, when, the next day when we're in a hangover or for the next three days, like you have yeah. that conversation, like I need to quit. Why am I doing this? Why do I keep drinking like this? I'm not going to drink again. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to drink more water in between, like all of those conversations you have, but that you listened to yourself right, on that day. Right. Until you find yourself, you know, at five o'clock grabbing another bottle of wine and opening it, you know, that's how the cycle always spun for me. It did. That you actually kept taking steps forward in the direction that you wanted to go is remarkable. I think it's just really important too, because I know there are so many women out there like me and like, you know, like us, like, you know, it's just that you're just used to it. You've been drinking for a long time. You're around, um, people that drink um and you don't really even start to realize like wow this is really becoming a problem um and I wasn't that person that had any kind of discipline oh my goodness I've always struggled with my weight with overeating with everything was to the extreme so it wasn't like I'm somebody special who just has this great discipline that's something that has to be practiced right I mean it wasn't like you know I was like this this totally special person that could do this. I drank for 30 years. I mean, it, I never, yeah. I never questioned it in my twenties. It was just what we did. I am in my thirties. I started to get really like, um, after I had Spence, my son, who's now 16, I gained a lot of weight. I was really depressed and I drank, I was in a job that I absolutely hated and stressed me out. And I drank to just numb out, which is so sad to say it out loud because I was happy. I have a great husband. I, you know, I have a great family. I've had great friends since I was a kid and that's just how I felt. So yeah, I, it's just, it's still to me today, um, shocking that I don't drink anymore. I know. <laughs> it's like I am not the person. I said that the other day too. It's like, oh my God, I am not a lush anymore. That is crazy. That is, is crazy. <laughs> It is. It's crazy. I often have times where I think like, I kind of did that kind of stuff when I was a little buzz. Like now I'm just silly. And now I'm just doing stuff that I thought that I needed alcohol for. It's like, this is weird. Weird. Yeah, that liquid courage, right? We were so courageous. <laughs> oh. I know, I'm just inherently goofy. And, but that's what I love embracing that part of me. <laughs> I, that's, that's I am. <laughs> I do. It's really, it's just like this whole thing with spirituality and, you know, I never really had that connection, but it's just like, it's me coming into who I think I've always been. And it's just like really listening to myself. And like, I say stuff sometimes and people will say, oh, you're just so real and you're so authentic. It's like, yeah, I get, I mean, we all are right. If we just say whatever we mean, right. We're just the truth. Talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, in your interview, Lori, you talked about, uh, you called this the white knuckle method was your method when you quit drinking that you just like white knuckled it, which I think a lot of our listeners can probably relate to, but that you did like anything and everything not to drink. Did you ever try like the rooms or of AA or did you go to refuge recovery or anything like that? I didn't out of shame, out of oh. complete 
I really, I really didn't. I, like I said, with the social media, if I had this kind of stuff, I think I would have been so much, I know I would have been so much better. I, you know, I would have felt support. So yeah. Because for two years I didn't, I was, I had an Instagram account. I was following celebrities. I didn't know that regular people were on Instagram. I mean, honestly, and April, 2015, I decided to do a whole 30 and I thought I need to do, I have, I have to have accountability for this. I set up this 250 and beyond, which is my account that started out completely anonymous. I didn't tell my friends, you know, I didn't want anybody to know about it. And then I started like searching, like, I didn't know what a hashtag was. I'm like, oh, people are talking about sobriety. Like, how Mm -hmm. cool is that? I felt immediately, I felt so much better. I mean, I just felt like, wow, should I start talking about this now? Should I tell people because, you know, we all want to act like we have everything together. And, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess I was always that way. I was so imperfect, but I was trying to be perfect. I was trying to make everybody think that, you know, I have my shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a so, common theme. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so you, that's when you, so you were two years sober when you started sharing on Instagram. Yeah. Wow. The the white knuckle was just me. It was just me. And, and thank goodness, my husband, Bill, um, is, you know, uh, I could say this. I mean, he, he was a heavy drinker. I mean, we met in a bar. Um, he, the day he came home the next day after I, I decided to quit drinking, Spence was 12 and he came home and I said, I can't drink anymore. I can't drink anymore. And the first thing he said was, I don't need to drink. And so I know without Bill in the first two years and without Spence, I would not, I would never have been able to stay sober. So really Bill drinks social, like he'll drink socially. If we go out, he may have one or two beers, but nothing to where he was drinking. So to have his support, that's what I had for the first two years, which was amazing, which was awesome. Isn't that great? I I had the same support from my husband, which then made me question, you know, was he actually really a drinker? You know, I think he just drank to keep up with me sometimes. And even then he, you know, didn't, couldn't, (laughs) it was impossible. (laughs) And, you know, because he had way more awareness around it. Um, that's his his past. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like no thing for him at all. I mean, he, same here, same I mean, same support. In fact, I, I say a lot that he, you know, my sobriety is way more important, um, to him than, you know, getting to have uh, beer in the house or anything like that. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And think about how many women out there are struggling because they don't have that support and they don't have that kind of support, especially at home, you know, it, it's, it's hard. I can imagine. It'd be very hard. Yeah. It would just yeah. add an extra element of difficulty. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm, I know that how, how lucky I am to have that. And, um, we just got back from a big trip to New York and, and I said to him, I said, you know, you can have a couple of beers. You want to have a couple of beers? And they no. But then Spencer will jump right on. Like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, nobody's drinking. You don't need to drink. You We're know? good. Isn't that great <laughs> from a kid's perspective, too? Because they, you know, they see, yeah, well, you don't, you don't need that to have fun. And what a wonderful thing to teach our kids that, that, you know, they, yeah. you don't need alcohol to have, have a good time. 
It yeah. doesn't make it, it doesn't enhance it. It doesn't make it better. I know. Isn't that crazy to realize that at 50 and, and like, I, I, I can't believe I ever thought it. My life revolved around it. Everything I did revolved around when I was going to be able to drink and how much there was and, you know, crazy. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't, I don't have that level of support that you guys are talking about. That's why I'm being a little quiet over here. But, um, what I can share is that it's really hard when someone doesn't buy in your partner, doesn't buy in that you have a problem. You know what I mean? Like that, that's challenging. And for women out there that think that, you know, I have a podcast or that I write about this stuff and that I have complete and total support over here. I don't, um, so that that is a challenge. And that is kind of what I think a lot of women are going through. You're really lucky, Lori. And I know Sandra, you're super lucky too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I definitely don't take it for granted at all, at all. And I mean, you know, that could also attribute to what a major fuck up I was. (laughs) It's not not a contest or anything. No, no. You know, you don't have to have outside you know, consequences at all. Um, you know, yeah. the only thing that yeah. matters is how you feel about it. And then, you know, and then the support and respect that you get, um, from others about, you know, what you, what, how you truly feel. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, like a great thing to talk about because there's so many people that are putting it off, you know, quitting drinking because of that. And that's half the reason I didn't tell my friends, um, you know, and most of them thought I was just doing it cause I was kind of getting into my health and losing weight and, well, you're just stop, you know, you're just quitting because you want to lose weight. And, you know, and I just didn't say anything. I was like, okay. Yeah, you can believe that. I mean, I didn't know at the time. I didn't know. And my husband, too, at the time to say that for him, he did say, you don't have a problem. And it wasn't until I stopped. And then we realized, like, man, isn't that crazy? Like, you just think, like, how did I not know the magnitude of it? Mm -hmm. That justification. Yeah. Right. Like we're just justifying the whole time. And your son is similar in age to my son because my son's 15. uh, No, he's not. He's 14. He'll be 15 in a few months. But I'm so grateful I quit when I did. He was 11 when I quit. And I'm like, thank goodness. The same age. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the way he looks at me now and how annoyed and has such disdain for me. Can you imagine if I was drinking? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like on permanent eye roll. I mean, it's already like halfway there, but I would think. My I, son, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just, I went to a school event of his last weekend and, um, there was a karaoke, uh, machine and not that I've ever done karaoke, but I just thought, God, if I had been here before, I'd be so uncomfortable with all of these people. I don't know all these parents and alumni, I would be drinking mm-hmm. and I probably would have embarrassed my son. And myself and my husband and my father-in-law. So I was thinking that while I was there. But anyhow, that happens all the time, those thoughts. But go ahead. What about yours? And you're right. Because I think, I'm sorry, when you're, when they're younger, it's kind of, it's, it sucks to say this, but it's easier to hide it. And now they're so aware. He's aware of, he's all up in my business. (laughs) (laughs) My my son was starting to worry about me and that, that that was really, I mean, it, it, I kept denying, you know, I kept that, 
I shut the curtain on that every time, but I knew it was happening. And, um, you know, he, he, he was showing concern, you know, not embarrassment or anything. And, you know, maybe that's, I mean, I think that my son and I, for whatever reason, have this weird psychic connection, but he was, he was generally, I mean, he was, he was worried about me. So I can only imagine what a mess he would be if I was still drinking. I mean, how old is your son? He's 14. Same age, just about. We all have about the same age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think it's, you know, it's those formidable, (laughs) formidable years where it's like, they know every, I mean, Spencer is just so smart and he's just knows everything. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kind of kidding, but right. um, <laughs> be like, yeah, I think we were watching a movie one day, not too long ago. And it was like, the lady was drunk and I like, that's how I used to be. And Spencer, you would just absolutely hate me now. If I was like that, he mm-hmm. wouldn't put up with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So glad we found another way. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I would think the hypocrisy and just me telling him he shouldn't be drinking or doing drugs or doing anything. I mean, I know he could have turned that around, right? That conversation. What does that look like when you're, when you're doing that in front of them? Well, and you can tell them something all the live long day, but they model our behavior is, is how they, how they learn to navigate their own world. And so, you know, if you're guzzling wine every night and then telling them that they can't drink when they're out alone, (laughs) good luck with that. Good luck with that. (laughs) I kind of worry sometimes, like, I wonder if I, I would be that, try to be that cool mom and like, let him drink when he's too, you know, I, I mean, I, I just think about that kind of stuff. Like, would I have stopped him? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we, we, we live in wine country. Yeah, yeah. Completely. We live in wine country, and um, we have many friends who let their children sniff and smell and, and taste and have champagne on New Year's Eve and a little bit at Christmas and pretend they live in Europe. And I have to say, I was going to totally be on that train. Yeah. And even though my husband still drinks, um, he does not drink as much as he used to, because I think we used to drink, you know, it's almost like you're drinking like against each other. Like who was going to drink more? That's to- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So his drinking has totally changed since I stopped drinking and there's just not the amount of alcohol there used to be when I was drinking. Um, but I wonder what that conversation is going to look like between the two of us with our son, you know, what that's going to be. That is to be seen. That that's a different episode. <laughs> that is a good episode. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so you're so you're on Instagram now. You found your tribe. I think a lot of people go on to Instagram. I think we just had a thread about this in the unruffled um secret Facebook page, the podcast page, um, about how they have secret handles when you first do it. Because it feels scary yeah. to come out and do it right. It's almost like you can be anonymous, kind of like how the rooms are, right? There's safety in that anonymity. Yes. And you don't even have to use your name. I didn't have my name on there. So if anybody were to go to Instagram at the time, which they wouldn't have and Google or searched my name, um, they wouldn't never would have come up. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's how we first start being brave. You know, you kind of inch out there a little bit like, Oh, I'm going to try this on for size. You know, it's scary. 
um, I reached out to some bloggers that I, and, and women that I met through Instagram, um, initially, cause I saw that some, uh, one woman in particular posted that she was sober for five years and I'd been following her for a little while cause she was a writer. And as soon as she said that, I was like, what? She's sober. And this was in January, the month before I quit drinking Lori. So I, yeah. I emailed her and asked her, you know, I said, I'm searching everywhere on the internet to see where your writing is about this. And she said, Oh, let me send you a few things. So she sent me every Google doc she had that she'd ever written about alcohol and her sobriety. I gobbled it up. It was like, so it was so valuable to me to feel like not alone because I hadn't stopped drinking, but I really wanted to, you know, it was kind yeah. of floating and hovering in my head. Like, I don't want to live like this anymore, but it took like that brave person that you could identify with their name you know, that was, that was, that was talking about it. So, so doing it kind of undercover and anonymously was nice, but then it was like Laura McCowan after that and Aiden Donnelly rally after that. So it just started, started gathering people that I would follow. Um, so I guess, yeah, we just wanted to chat with you a little bit about, you know, your Instagram account and you have a public one and you have a, a private one, right? I have a public, but are they one now? I have, no, I don't. Oh, I just use 250 and beyond. That's my public That's one. You. I you know I have another one. Um, I started a business with a friend of mine this year, um, which now it's no longer, but I set up that account and then I changed, I was going through a whole identity crisis. And so <laughs> I, should I change 250 and beyond? And I thought, no, I'm not going to change that. Cause I, that was my goal was to get healthy by the time I hit 50 um, and beyond. And that's like, okay, I'm not going to change that. And everybody knows me by that. But then I have, yeah, I do have a Lori Massacott account that I don't use, but I love my Instagram and all the people, you know, when you start really opening up and you're, you're vulnerable and, and sometimes I'll post something and I'll think later, like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or, you know, but then people will say, well, that really inspired me. So you just never know. You just have to, yeah keep sharing and it's hard for us. But when I, I do it, I just think about the other person because if I had that person back in 2013, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have felt like such an outcast. I think that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. And it's also like service work, right? The work that you do and by sharing and yeah. um, sharing your story, it's a service to others. Yeah. And not everybody understands that. I had a real difficult time, you know, um, in the beginning, because, you know, like my sister, I'm close to my sister. She's not on social media at all. She has no idea what Instagram is. I have this whole other life that she knows nothing about. And that's kind of weird to me. And then mm-hmm. really close friends that have known me my whole life and have loved me unconditionally when I was drinking and, and, and everything, the mess that I was, you know, I don't think that they fully understand me sharing because they're more private. And I, I totally respect that, you know, but it's like, everybody has their different thing. And in a way it just, it makes me feel so much better to share, even though it's so hard, but I want to talk to that person that's out there. That's like me, because I was, I was miserable. I mean, Mm I just was, you know, I think, I think some of it too, is when you go through a pretty dramatic transformation, um, that can just really freak people out, you know, and you even went through a, a pretty, um, definite physical transformation as well. I mean, yes. when you post pictures of you 
through <laughs> five years ago, you look completely different. You look like a completely different person. Yeah. And that's why I think too, like I have good friends that, you know, like I said, I, you know, one of my oldest friends, I went to kindergarten with her and, you know, it's like, I understand where they're coming from because they loved me at that stage of my life. And, you know, now when I talk about it, I don't ever want to say like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, I can't, I don't know if I could put that into words. I, I know where they're coming from because I'm kind of talking about myself. Like I'm so much, I didn't like myself back then. And they loved that person. You know what I mean? Right. Mm. So it brings into question how authentic was that, that yeah. relationship then? I think yeah. so. I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And nobody knew how unhappy I was. I mean, I think towards the end, I had an experience with a couple of really good friends of mine that I just broke down. And one of the things that came out was I need to stop drinking. And both of them are like, no, you don't. No, you don't. And that was maybe a year before I ultimately quit. And nobody, you know, you can be so close to people, but you don't have that where you want to talk about your problems because I I don't know. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to put that on them. I don't want them to worry about me. And Mm -hmm. like my sister is just, she worries about everything and I don't want her to worry about me. And, you know, just that kind of stuff. I think that's what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. There's such an internal voice that we have, right? Our interior yeah. world. Even now, I feel like I have this whole interior world and connection and spirituality and online friends that no one knows about <laughs> in my life. Like my husband doesn't really fully understand it. My mother doesn't understand it. My in real life friends don't really understand it unless they're also sober. Yeah. It's kind of like... um it's like, yeah, a little bit like it's just your own private little thing that you have going on. And it's hard to relate that. Sometimes I want to relate that to my friends who don't drink or that are normal, quote unquote. Um, and, um, it's hard. And then part of me doesn't, it's like, I get too exhausted by it. It's like, it's too much to explain. Yeah. I just feel like, like you can just cut to it with people who have this, who are in recovery or who have stopped drinking. There's a there's a vocabulary that we use and a kind of a connection that just happens. It's pretty seamless and really easy. And I have a hard time doing that with people. I called them normies, but whatever, that's what they call them in the rooms. But just that, that just, um, people who, who aren't, aren't sober. Exactly. And I think that's okay. I think I, you know, I think that at you get to a certain age too, and it's like, you gotta just really stick with the people that, you want to be with and that you're comforted comforted by and just they kind of go in different different spaces in your life these relationships you know they're still there you still love these people and I would do anything for them but it's not like I wasn't going to go and have a conversation about my drinking or you know what I mean it's like I go over here to these people you know and so we all have all these drives like you said it's just it's amazing I think it's amazing yeah, I get what you're saying, Laurie, about the old friends and all of that. I, I've experienced a lot of that myself. And it is, it's very hard to navigate. And at some point, yes, I just had to come to peace with the fact that, you know, I change and relationships change yeah. sometimes. And that's just, um, that, and, and, you know, you can have um, some nostalgia or some sadness over that or whatever, but um, it sometimes that just that just happens that relationships change they morph into something else yeah. that doesn't mean they go away but 
they can morph into something else. And I totally understand what you said about, um, I think that, you know, letting our old friends know how much we kind of despised ourselves is painful, right? It's, it's hard to, um, it's painful to explain that. And, um, and then you don't want to see that friend, um, that friend's painful reaction to how much pain you were in, you know, that's what it is. That's what it is. That didn't just really come to me until very recent. And it was like, yeah, I, I, that's what it is. And you're right. You just said it. I mean, that's, I don't want to make anybody worry about me. And it's just such a process when you first get sober, you don't, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I read books. Um, I Googled, you know, am I an alcoholic, uh, 500 times? I mean, just looking for somebody to tell me, no, you're okay. You know, it was just like, I, I didn't know what was going on. I was trying to figure it out myself. So I couldn't put that on somebody else. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, um, I think, uh, for me, I also feel, feel like if I would share all of that, like what I could share easily with you guys, like how we, how we can just drop into a conversation today, having never spoken, right. We just drop in. Um, I can't drop in that easily. I also worry that they think I'm judging them or that they're, they look back at it. And like you said, like, they're probably like, well, I didn't realize you were in such pain or that you were so miserable or, you know, I mean, I, I knew you were drinking a lot, but you know, we all kind of were, I I don't even really want to have that conversation because I also know that recovery is for each individual person. And, um, you know, the people I drank with drank as much as me. (laughs) So it's a little uncomfortable too. And so I know that I've kind of separated myself a little bit, a lot, a bit. (laughs) Um, but I have to do that for my sobriety and that's what's first now because it's my sobriety and then my family. And if I didn't keep those kind of stay on that path, I think I might, um, I don't know, maybe I feel a little nervous about surrounding myself with, with my old friends too. I know that I've definitely pulled away because I just, it just doesn't feel super safe for me. And that's, that's why I say whatever it takes. I think whatever it takes, it just, you know, you just have to do what's best for you. And, um, those relationships will be there if you want to go back and, and have that conversation at some point down the road or, or not, you know? Yeah. Mm Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, well, I have a question. What, so, so are you just a natural helper and encourager or, at what point did you decide that you wanted to start helping other women? You know, your, honestly, your Instagram space. Yeah. You know what? I, once I got on Instagram in 2015, I started really just getting into the, the whole fact that people were talking about sobriety was great. And then health and fitness thing, because, um, I had struggled so much with my weight all of my life. And I was trying to lose weight. And I just, like I said, with the 250 and beyond, it was like, okay, that's my goal. By the time I hit 50, I really want to be mentally and physically in better shape. And so I did the whole 30. And then I I started researching a lot of um, fitness people on Instagram and stuff. And really, I found uh, Beachbody coaching. And I thought, what is this? I found my coach on Instagram. I didn't know anything about any of that network marketing. I didn't know any of it. 
And I thought, what is that? So I started looking into it and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. I had done P90X before. I had, you know, knew a little bit about the program. So I thought, let me try that and add some different exercise into my routine so I can change my body. And then maybe I'll see if a few of my friends, you know, if I could just help one person, that would be totally cool. Again, like not my personality at all. I was much more like, you know, just did my own thing. Right. And that really just (laughs) changed everything for me. I mean, I signed up in July of 2015. I don't even think most people even know that I'm a beach body coach because I didn't know you were, I didn't know yeah. you were. You just said that. I know I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> I think it's cool that you don't, uh, I mean, are you still affiliated with the program? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's kind of cool that you don't talk about, I, I, I think if, I, if you would have said, I, I work for through you know I'm affiliated with Beachbody I may have mentally said oh well you're not oh yeah exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing and that's what I have struggled with for so long because they it, it, there's such a negative thing around it but when you look at the company and their mission and all the programs that they develop to help families and they're coming out with a mindset program which I think is just so so kick-ass and really what we do, you know, it's like, we're not just selling a product. We actually like work with people. And that's what I loved about it. Cause my coach, I thought, okay, so you're going to help me with this. Like I'm going to, you're going to help me, you know, reach a goal. And I, that's the first I had learned about coaching. So now, um, I have girls that I coach and, um, I'm just, I'm just helping them. I, I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. That's amazing. It gets results. That's for sure. Yeah, it really does. I mean, if you, if you don't know what to do, if you're like me, like when I did that whole 30, that changed everything with how I ate. And so I thought I was going to the gym and I was just walking on the treadmill. I didn't know what to do. And I thought I need somebody to tell me without having a personal trainer. Cause I was totally intimidated by having somebody at the gym, like a guy show me what to do. And so I thought, let me start doing some at home things. Cause I always loved at-home workout programs back in the day. I would do like Richard Simmons and Billy oh, Blaine. I've done them all. I know. Kind of stuff. I had a Cindy Crawford um, <laughs> tape, VHS tape that I played to death. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun. I love going to the gym, but people say I can't work out at home. It's like, I love it. I mean, I worked out this morning already. It's like, I, I just love it. But um so I just thought, let me try it and see what it does for me. And honestly, the first few months, oh my gosh, my body was like in a shape that it had never been before. I never had abs. I never had muscles. I thought, what is happening? This is so cool. Just working out 30 minutes a day and and following a meal plan, it was like, okay, I can get on board with this. And um it's the, that's, that's the problem though I have is the marketing of it because so many network marketers get, you know, it's get such a bad rap because, you know, you're getting these messages from random people. You're getting added to groups that you don't want to be in. Um, you're seeing on your newsfeed and Facebook, you know, the products, the products, the products. And it's like, I think it's more just about story. I think it's just about, what it's done for you. And you're saying, Hey, come join me and I'm going to help you. You know, well, you are living proof that it works. So I mean, sold, you're, you're, you've sold it, but it also, 
you know, what sounds nice about Lori's approach too. It's, it's kind of like that saying attraction, not promotion. So right, exactly. people see you, they see your lifestyle. They see what you're sharing. They see how happy you are. They see that you are running your own business. They see that you are doing things, you know, positive things and affecting change in your own life. So that's very attractive. I want some of yep. that. Right. <laughs> Like, but the minute you mention uh, Shakeology, that I drink Shakeology every day or something, it's like crickets, you know, because mm. it's that. Because What's it's Shake? So- See, I don't even know what this stuff is. Shakeology? Oh, that's one of the products. Oh, okay. It's yeah. a shake, yeah. And um, it's just that. So I'm kind of, like I said, I'm like, I've rebranded a little bit. I'm kind of just getting into this. Okay, how am I going to get this message out? And not a pushy salesy way, but you know, everybody is selling something. If you believe in it, it's your business. I mean, that's, that's sure. Yeah. I mean, if it's adding value to somebody else, then it's a business for sure. Mm -hmm. And I always stick by everybody who does it. I I love them so much for trusting me. So I got to, you know, make sure that they're, you know, healthy and eating right and they feel better. And, you know, especially during this time of life, this midlife, you know, yeah. we need it more now than ever to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so were you experiencing, just because um, this is such an interesting topic for me right now, were you experiencing like perimenopausal symptoms before you stopped drinking? Or, I mean, did that factor into you yes. maybe just coming to the realization that it wasn't alcohol wasn't working for you anymore? Yes, definitely. I, you know what I thought, I think I started experiencing symptoms in my late thirties and I didn't put it together because, you know, I didn't know anything about that. Um, my mom passed away when I was 42 and about that time after like the year after I started feeling really bad and I was like, what is happening with my body? And I never went to the doctor. I mean, I literally had Spence and I didn't go back for 10 years because I was so scared of doctors and I still just didn't want to know things. Yeah. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know my weight. I didn't want to know anything. It's just like, uh, and then when my mom got cancer, I really thought I never thought she would get cancer. You know, it just like came to light. I'm like, what's, what's going on? Like, I need to start taking care of myself. Like this is, you know, and then I started getting all these symptoms and I'm like, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't feel right. I I didn't feel like myself. And so that was definitely sobriety was definitely something that I knew would probably help me, even though I didn't really, I was scared to death to quit. Mm -hmm. Um, and it did, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's hard to untangle the mess, right? You can't yeah. tell, okay, what's hormonal, what's the alcohol, uh, what's depression, you know, you cannot untangle it if alcohol is, is in there No, mixing it, you know, tangling it all up. <laughs> you cannot untangle it. You can't. And that's why it really, it took me about a year or two really to just really two years to really figure out, wow, this is what I need to do. And, um, you know, I would go to the doctor and he recommended, um, here, just take a Xanax Xanax to sleep. And it was like, okay, well, what about this? What about that? And, you know, just several different answers that never came to perimenopause until I I started seeing a new gynecologist and 
I was having severe heart palpitations and that was, I was still drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the scariest things in perimenopause that happened to me. And, and she, I went to a cardiologist, I did a month's worth of tests and my gynecologist was the one that told me, you know, it's hormonal fluctuations. It'll be gone in six months. And she was right. And it took me a long time to get that answer. <laughs> it was like, but I was still drinking. I was still now. Like, so did your doctor ever suggest, did your doctor ever want to talk to you about your alcohol? No nope. consumption. Isn't that no. interesting? No, now my doctor does. My doctor, the first mm-hmm. thing he asked is about that because I've switched doctors so much, but, um, no, they never asked. And if they did, I'm sure I lied. I mean, I'm sure I didn't. Put- well, you know, I think, it, I think I've, I've, I've decided that it doesn't really matter what your answer is. I think that all doctors should be asking the question though. Oh yeah. And I just think if you'd have a doctor that doesn't ask you about your alcohol consumption, you should ch- find another doctor. <laughs> exactly. Cause you guys talked about that in, mm-hmm. in your episode and, and both of your doctors sound really good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. So grateful yeah. for her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I didn't tell the truth for a lot of years either, Lori, when yeah. I filled out that medical intake form. Sure. You know? I didn't, didn't tell the truth either but you know if you if you don't even have a doctor that asks it and just wants to prescribe you xanax um you know without even asking the question you know about your alcohol consumption yeah because that's at least it makes you think for a second even if it makes you angry like it did me um And, and how all, dare you? Practically <laughs> dare you <laughs> yeah, I would have, I would have been, um, I would have taken offense to it and, um, I would have lied. Like, what am I yeah. supposed to do? Yes. I drink a bottle of Chardonnay and a bottle of champagne and really no time at all. I mean, honestly, it was mm-hmm. like, that was, you know, mm-hmm. I would never have said that to anybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're hardly that. saying it to ourselves. I mean, so yeah, oh, yeah. we're not going to say that admit that, but we're definitely been thinking about it. Right. (laughs) But yeah, it was such a relief. Um, so, so when you were in having those symptoms, you can't kind of separate them from the drinking, right? I mean, if you don't know that you're, I was saying, yeah, yeah, it's hard to untangle it all and see what, what is cause and what's effect. Because I guess I, I should say I was never one of those people like I am now that I realized how much food and what we put into our body affects everything. I never I never believed that. So I never believed that changing my lifestyle would help me with anything. I just felt like I that's how I felt and I needed to stress and worry about it and give me a pill to take. It was never like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you don't realize it until you take it out of your life. And I know that people that question it and it's like, well, I don't know. And they'll ask me, what do you think? Do you think I'm drinking too much? Like, only, you know, that, and if you can take a break from it, that's what you need to do. I mean, you have to. Right. Like Tammy's uh, doctor suggested, try eliminating it and then see how you feel. Try eliminating it for 30 days, 60 days and see how you feel. Yeah. Um, it, you know, at least you can address your other symptoms once you have that one out of the picture. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, if you are, you know, if it's gone into an addictive or dependent situation, then that's easier said than done. But 
I feel for people because, you know, 30 years of drinking, I just, that's all I knew. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's all I knew, honestly. And so, and I was stubborn. I mean, I just felt like, that's not going to work. Like if I, you know, start losing weight, um, exercising, that's not going to work. That's not going to help anything, but it did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was so wrong. Open and willing, right? Like I, I wasn't open or willing to anything when I was drinking. I thought I was, I thought I was this big open-minded, you know, gal, but no, no. So close-minded, so judgmental, so afraid, you know, I can only see that now, but that for sure. So it's hard. So it's like when you're, when you're at the end of your drinking, whether that, you know, that, that does not have to be a big bottom for anybody. Whenever you're just at the end, when you're just tired of it, tired of that groundhog day effect of your drinking, like it takes a lot even though it's just this little tiny thing you have to do, like just answering that questionnaire for me or Sandra talking to her doctor, it's like this tiny little thing that we did changed everything. Yeah. But you have to like kind of summon that up. Um, it's really hard for people. It's really hard. And um, it's hard. I, I think so many people are struggling to find that answer. And it's like, and they asked me and I'm, I don't know. I wish I could tell you it's, I would never say it's easy, but I don't know. It just, it happened in an instant and Mm -hmm. I had to go with it because there were times after I got, I stopped drinking that I was really challenged with, okay, I'm just going to drink again. I've done it. I did six weeks. That's okay. And just getting through those days, you know, I was like, how did I do that? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, there's something in us, right? And that's what keeps us going too. You know, we just what... wanted so much. I mean, even if we couldn't even admit it at that time, we just really wanted it so much, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I listened to, to my intuition or to that little voice inside me that just really, like I said, it was just super tiny, yeah. but doing that yeah. one small thing kind of opened up this whole world, which I'm still in awe of you know, every single day when I wake up, that's why I'm grateful every day on my gratitude list. I'm grateful. I wake up without a hangover. Grateful. I get to see a sunrise. Those are so great. I mean, talk about in awe. I am in awe. And I was just on Instagram looking at everybody's, I got so behind on my Instagram last week and I'm looking at everybody's and how much everybody just really stuck with it. Oh, the gratitude tribe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's over a thousand lists. (laughs) It makes me so happy. I could cry. Like it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. And that's, you should be really proud of yourself. That is amazing. Thank you. I'm proud of all those ladies that were brave enough to post their lists. Right. You know, that takes a lot to do too. We, as we know, when we quit drinking to put that kind of stuff out there, it's vulnerable life stuff and, um, finding beauty in the hard stuff too. And being grateful for that. No, it's been a really, it's been a really beautiful thing this month. Yeah. I think it's great. I know they're not wanting it to end. So hopefully they'll they don't have to. That's what I told. I was telling everybody under the hash in case anybody is listening that doesn't know it's I created a hashtag for November called Tammy's gratitude tribe. If you click on Instagram and look, there's like a thousand gratitude lists so far. And I really enjoy reading other people's lists because it helps me reframe my thinking about yeah. my life. And try to find beauty in some things that maybe um, I wouldn't see otherwise. And so the lists have been great. And everybody's like, oh, you should do a December to remember, one of our friends recommended. And I was like, no, you just you just keep doing the lists. <laughs> just <laughs> keep doing them. <laughs> Hopefully they will. Hopefully they'll just keep using that hashtag. And, yeah. yeah. 
and letting it kind of bloom that way organically. I don't want to organize it too much because even though I do have that type of a personality, I want people to do what they want to do with it. And, um, yeah, they can keep adding to the hashtag and keep, you know, I, hopefully it'll grow and inspire others too. That's what's so cool about social media. So great. It is. And your, your stories. Oh my gosh. I just watch you and I think, wow, that is just like, I don't think I could paint a circle to <laughs> save my life. Oh, I bet you could. Okay. Well, let's talk about your Instagram stories for a minute, Lori, because I totally love them. Okay. You are like undercover Lori sometimes because you are like whispering on your stories. And I'm always like, got to get closer to the phone. I'm like, well, what's she going to say? <laughs> It, why are you quiet on your Instagram? Why do you whisper sometimes? No, I said that one day on one of my stories. I was in my car by myself. I'm like, I don't know who I'm whispering. <laughs> yeah, definitely the, the teenagers in the house because uh, he can't believe I do those Instagram stories. But um, he's just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, that. But when he's in the house, I whisper because I don't want him to come in and say, who are you talking to? You know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Make fun of you, ridicule you. Right. Mike would be like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and when we were in New York last week, I told him, don't get on me. I'm doing my Instagram stories because I want to make a big video for us at Christmas. We can watch Christmas morning. So I saved all of my stories and I'm oh. going to have them put together. How'd you do that? How'd you do that? You can save. It's yeah. where you just go into your settings and like hit save. So anything you do on your Instagram stories will save to your phone. I did not know that. Yeah. 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 You can save a little video. It gives you an option if you want to save that story for the day. Yeah. And I like just the little short videos. I did some longer ones, you know, just to like scenery and stuff. But um, I told him, don't, don't get on my story. But yeah, I feel like he's going to say something and, you know, I'm too old to be on Instagram story, you know, that kind of, he doesn't say that, but I know he's thinking. Right. <laughs> Oh yeah. Grady. I get, I get the he- heavy eye roll. Cause I do my tea every morning on Instagram stories, right? I'm making tea. Yeah. That, that is my, um, one day at a time reminder that I yeah. get to start anew and that kind of centers my day. And then I go do my morning rituals. Uh, but if Grady is up, he's highly annoyed, breathing heavy. I'm like, can you just be quiet for 15 seconds? And he's like, not quiet, sighing, you know, just the whole thing. So I don't know if you noticed, Lori, but in my stories, I'm always alone. Yep. <laughs> so that's yeah. when I do my stories. If I'm with people, I usually do not do stories, <laughs> you know, because I'm with them. But same thing. I don't want my husband or my kid to hear my stories either. So I no, just do I them by myself. To hear me talking because then it's like my husband will go, what did you just say? You know, my husband's like Mr. Funny Guy, and he'll be like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna do Instagram story today and talk. You make fun of me, and it's like, All right, but then I started realizing I'm whispering by myself, and I don't know what's myself. Thank you for bringing that to my well. I want to hear you, and I'm always like, What is she okay? I gotta be real quiet, I want to listen. But I think it's brave. You get on there and you share and, you know, yeah, I understand the whole team. When you started saying, because spent sometimes, like, I know that he's upstairs or whatever. I'm like, oh, I get that. I get what she's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, But now I'm just like whispering. It's so funny. People are probably like, oh, she's probably got like a really good secret. No, she's just talking about something totally stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I want to 
talk about your new website for a minute. It is so beautiful. Yes. Oh my gosh, girls. Thank you for saying that. I, you know what? I haven't looked at it since I've been back from my vacation. I worked on that website. And finally, I just said to my husband, I'm not building a business. I'm like in WordPress school. I didn't know anything about WordPress. So I was like learning how to do this. But at the same time, I was creating a program and, you know, doing this kind of stuff. But yeah, that website, thank you very much. That that's, I'm going to be adding to it in the next few days because I got it up. That was my goal to get it up before I left for my trip. And um, it's so much work and the technical stuff. I'm not technical and I lost stuff that I had put up. So you did that all on your own. You did that by yourself. I wow, did. Lori. That's crazy. Oh, Lori, well, I, ha- I should give the girl, no, 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 the girl who did the design, Hello You Designs, and she's on Etsy and incredible. I mean, she has the template. So I just, you know, I bought the template from her. It's like $65. But still, you bought a template and then you and then yeah. you built it yourself. But that's still yeah. a pretty big accomplish- accomplishment yeah, well, in my well, book. <laughs> I mean, there were like some days where I was like crying. I mean, like all my husband, he's like, what's the matter? Like, I just lost a freaking page that I had just typed. I don't know what I did. He's like, well, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. That's the whole problem. I don't know. Yeah. But it, and it's under, just to be clear, your website is lorimassicott.com, not to 50mbeyond.com. Yeah. No, I left okay. 50 and Beyond up there just kind of as the name. You but know. it's, it's, it's your name. Lorimassicott.com. Yeah. 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 Well, it looks great. I, I love how bright and, and all the white space. I think I just, I love it. I think it looks fantastic. I think that's hard too. When you're building something like that, a couple of the things things that I had up, like, this doesn't feel like me. That kind of stuff takes time. You know, it's like when you move into a house, I I wouldn't want to, you know, I don't like to decorate right away. I like to get the space, you know, and like feel. Yeah. Same what I want and like, you know, um, that kind of thing. So that, that stuff takes time just to pick colors and stuff. And it's not, it's like, I just went with what I always love pink and, you know, mm-hmm. grays and black and that's it. You know, I didn't, I was making it too complicated and then I just like simplified it. So thank yeah. you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Wow, I was in awe. Great. I was in I'm awe. Gonna- I was like, this looks like this must've taken forever. It did. Because there's did. so much to it. I knew how long you'd been working on it, but I, I was going to ask the same question. Like, did somebody help you yeah, do that? There's a lot of layers. And I, <sighs> no. But yeah. I'm not finished at all, but I'm going to go back to it. And I knew I needed to go to New York for eight days and then come back. And I, that's exactly how I feel today. I feel like relieved. I feel like I have some creativity back and I'm going to go back in and do some stuff and you know, you can't be creative when you're sitting at your desk stressing out and like, you know, figuring out plugins and stuff. It's like, yes, sometimes you just need to walk away, go to New York for eight days, (laughs) and come come back with fresh eyes. Go to New York and eat some disco fries. I saw that you were eating some disco fries in New York. What the heck are disco fries? Okay, so that's an East Coast thing because some of my East Coast friends on my stories were like, yes to disco fries. They are just like steak fries with gravy and mozzarella cheese on them. Oh, Lord. Yeah. (laughs) They don't set well in your stomach either. And I didn't even have that much, but my husband, Bill, got some. I'm like, Leon, let me have some of those. And um, 
yeah, I wouldn't order them again. But, you know, they were said it was like world famous. So, so you got to have them. Try a disco fry. I mm-hmm. not try. Yeah. yeah, I just, uh, my body is really in um, recuperating mode these last couple of days. Like all the food that I ate was just like incredible, but I don't normally eat like that. And my stomach yeah. is very sensitive now in my, uh, in my midlife. So I have to, uh, <laughs> well, so was this your big 50th birthday trip? Because you turned 50 yeah. this month, right? On 11, 12 or? 11, 11, 11, 11. That's right. Oh, how magical. Long have you been planning, how long have you been planning the trip? Since I turned 40, pretty much. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is yeah. awesome. I, just, I, I have to say, I've been to New York a couple of times, but never have I done like all the touristy things in one week. And yeah. so the fact that you guys like did all the stuff, all the things in a week that just looked so fun and so cool to me. That trip was major for us. We don't travel that often. I mean, that was, but, but literally the last year we have been um, planning, but I got to give major uh, props to Spence because this kid typed up an itinerary for us that he researched for months. And if it wasn't for him, Bill and I would have been in the subway lost and, screaming at each other because we <laughs> I mean, it's just like so easy I mean just so easy because he had he the itinerary was incredible I mean the times and everything I mean he had everything planned out so we were able to see every last thing that we had um wanted to see and we got it all done plus I mean plus more so yeah, I told him you need to go into like travel writing or like. like no kidding, that's amazing. Amazing, amazing. And the subways, he got his map out. He knew those subways scared me, and he was just like, "Yeah, we go yeah. here, we go here, we transfer here." Like, <laughs> geez, yeah. So it was, yeah. That that was a, a great trip and one that we we loved. We had so much fun, and I was just so happy to come home. So I think that's a good sign. Yeah. Well, when I went to She Recovers, um, my sister lives in the suburbs outside of New York. So I've been to the city a few times, but it's still overwhelming for me, the traffic and the noise and the subways and all that. But, you know, doing it with someone really helps. And you mentioned something in your stories uh, about, is it serendipity? Yeah. Did you get to go there? No. No. Went there, but there was a wait, and we, so we didn't eat there. Well, so when I was there, um, I was meeting my sister for dinner, and Natalie and a bunch of girlfriends at She Recovers went to Serendipity. They took a uh, Uber or something and went there. Um, and I think there was a disco ball there. Speaking of disco balls, I think there was one in the. Uh, anyhow, um, but they all had decadent desserts there, and I was, and they're like, she's like, I can't believe you missed out on. I'm like, I don't even know what I missed out on, <laughs> but it's supposed to be pretty awesome, right? It's like uh, frozen hot chocolate. Did you ever see that movie Serendipity with John Cusack and um, a long Nash? time ago? Yeah, that's so. That's where they filmed that. that okay, where they're eating it. But yeah, we were gonna go for French fries and dessert because you know Sounds I needed good. more French fries. But um, <laughs> it was a long wait, and then we never got back to it. But you know, we didn't miss out on the desserts. That's for sure. But that would have been fun. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you look like you were glowing and just radiant and beautiful. Like you just look like you were having the time of your life, Lori. I was. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody said that. Yes. I think we 
you just plan something and you think about it since you were a kid. And then, I, of course, I watched all the Sex in the Cities and, you know, everything that has to do with New York. It was everything and more that I had pictured. So when that kind of stuff comes, you know, to reality, it's like, oh, I, I just told myself I'm going to just do everything. I'm going to soak it all in. And I did. We all did. And it was just, you know, so much fun. We just had so much fun. That's great. Yeah. Oh, well, good. Well, it showed. It showed. Yeah, it it re- it did. It it made me. Yeah, it ignited my wanderlust again. <laughs> Ready for a trip. Yeah, so many people have stories like, yeah, this is so cool. I've never been to New York, so that kind of helped me a little bit more. Like, okay, well, let me share this. Like, what would I want to see? Or you know, so yeah, it was neat. It was really neat. Well, I have one more question before we get to the your three things from your unruffled toolbox. What? So now you've got it's the end of the year. You've turned fifty. You've done your big trip. I want to know what does twenty eighteen hold for your two fifty and beyond? I know you're working on some programs. I would love to hear about what you what goals you set for yourself or what you see the future holding for your site and what you're doing. Well, that's, um, that's a good question. I, you know, I just have, I just have so much, um, that I want to do and I'm just going to go for everything. Um, really with my own coaching, a lot of it will do with Beachbody. If somebody wants to do a program, of course, I'm going to always help with that. I mean, that's something I do daily and I have a really um, cool program that I'm working on for January. Um, I came up with this thing just one day. I, I also own a cleaning business. I've been cleaning houses since um, I was laid off from my real estate job in 2007. So I put it out on Craigslist and I'm like, I got to go. I got to work. I, I couldn't find any work because it was, you know, the bad economy. And um, I just started this house cleaning business. So that's what I do during the day. Mm-hmm. So I do that. And um but this coaching, I just have to, I have to get into it. I absolutely, I love it. I love meeting people um, and helping them with their goals and helping them realize that they can get to where they want to go. I, I just think so many people are stuck in starting. So um, I'm in school right now um, with Pre- Precision Nutrition. So I'm getting my nutrition certification for that. Oh, so cool. Yes, I'm loving that. And um, the coaching is just going to be a lot about mindset and um, just really reaching that point of your never before seen life. That's the name of my coaching program. And um, I'm just creating it as I go, but I'm just taking chances. I really am. 2018, I think it's going to be really a transformational year again for me, especially business wise. Um, I definitely want to cut back on my cleaning because, you know, I was cleaning like 10 houses a week by myself and now I've cut it back to about seven, but still I'd like to just get it to four. (laughs) Right. And so that's it. So I think it's kind of scary, but it's just something that I have to do. And, And again, my husband is so supportive and it's like, go for it. Just do That's it. That's great. I love talking about big dreams and ambitions. Yeah, I know. It's like even, you know, just making, just saying it out loud. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't do that. That's too big. But like, yeah, you can. You can do anything you put your mind to. Do you do you ever pick a word for the year, Lori? Are you ever one, are you one of those people? I do. Um, oh, good. I do. It was Thrive. 
Um, this year thrive? was this year was thrive. This year, oh, yes, this year, like what year is it? This year is thrive. Yeah. And I think that I've done it. I, I really wanted to do a lot more, but, um, I'm all about that. So I don't know yet for, for next year, what I'll pick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about that too. You pick words, right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. 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 This year was, um, dare. And, um, I've definitely done that. I mean, we're talking on a podcast right now, so I know <laughs> that was one of my dares, me and Sandra's joint dare. Um, but that word has really helped do things that I would, that get me out of my comfort zone. So that was helpful this year. Yeah, it's good. That's, it's good. I mean, I just think that's what change is all about. Just coming outside of what you're comfortable doing and just going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, so we're kind of at the end here, Lori, and this is the part where we have you share things with our listeners that are like, that help you that are in your unruffled toolbox is what we call it. So whatever, like your top three go-to things that really help you in your recovery or in your creative business. I think that, well, we've really talked about most of them, but definitely, you know, say self-care and preservation. I just think that's where I'm at right now. I just want to continue to feel better. So sleep to me is huge. If I don't, I used to be a horrible sleeper and that caused so much anxiety and stress. So I really just, I give myself permission to rest if I'm tired, you know, I don't force it. Um, and then of course my food, um, I eat the same things pretty much every day that just make me feel good and give me energy and, um, exercise. So I, I just think that and those aren't my three, but self-care that I'm just, um, encompassing. All yeah, yeah. And then, um, my business, honestly, it's just my business, just the, helping other people. It just really, it takes the, um, I, I've never been, I didn't think I was a self-centered person, but you know, you get into your own head and that was what I was focusing on. Now I'm like, I'm focusing on other people and that just helps me so much that just, I think that helps anybody, you know. Isn't that magical? Yep, it sure is. Because, I mean, I spent, you know, 25 decades thinking about Sandra. (laughs) Whether I was (laughs) thinking I was awesome or just a big piece of shit, which (laughs) latter. But I spent a lot of time thinking about me. Isn't that true? It's, it's crazy because you just think when you, when you stop focusing so much inward and just look outward and say, well, gosh, she really needs, that's what, that's why I share so much because I'm, that's going to help somebody. I know that will, because mm-hmm. I, I know it would have helped me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I know. I, I don't think about myself like that anymore. Like, you know, me, 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 and, oh, they're looking at me or, oh, they're judging me. It's like, I don't care judge away. Like, I don't care, you know, yeah. as long as you're a good person and you're not harming people, I think you're, you're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, um, number three is just, is community. It's just social media. It's, it's, I, I really fought it for so long, but, um, I absolutely love it. I would never be talking to you girls. I mean, you know, I just feel like I really want to just challenge myself to meet as many people and, you know, if you're ever in Southern California, come and see me and, um, that's it. And just get on there when you're feeling down and find support, find a friend and, and talk about it. I just think that's for us right now. I think it's just an amazing, um, 
tool and a resource that we have and we have to use it. Totally agree. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a big one for me, for sure. It's a, yeah. Um, use it for good, not for judging. Not for, <laughs> right. Not for like, oh God, I feel so bad about myself. Just use it for good. And the people that you feel like you're comparing yourself to, just uh, don't follow them. You know, just take them off. Yeah. Well, that's, it's, you get to curate the space, right? Exactly. You get to decide who that's going to be or, yeah. Oh, I went Instagram and dropped off like 600 people last night because I don't know who they are. And, you know, I don't care if people follow me for me to follow them back. If I don't want to follow them, I'm not going to. So I just yeah. kind of like do a little uh, housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, well, you have to do that. You have to keep your space, whether that's a physical space, right? Or whether that's your social media space. Definitely. Got to keep it clean. Oh, well, thank you so much, Lori. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. It was. I was so looking forward to today. Thank you so much, girls. You just keep on doing this. And I am going to start my own podcast. Um, We'll see technically when that will be ready, but... um, (laughs) I absolutely love it. And I just think that when I found yours, I'm like, this is so cool. And especially that you're talking about women and their creativity and and just their sobriety and and they're just helping so many people. I just, I absolutely love your podcast. It's so great. I learned so much. Well, thank you. Well, good luck with yours. Yeah. It's a, it's been a great medium for us to expand a conversation that, you know, when I was writing so much and Sandra too, I'm sure we could say certain things, but this gives us a little bit more room little bit more spaciousness to have a, a larger conversation. Yeah. And everybody can see, you know, and feel your heart and, um, and where you're at. And I just think that's important. And I, I'm, I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Well, good luck with everything that you're doing, Lori. Yeah. Girls, thank you so much. All right. Bye. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Aguirre. Thanks for listening.